Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Big stories, big opinions and big laughs. It's tomorrow's papers and headliners with me, Mark Dolan, tonight in the company of the double comedic threat of Diane Spencer and Nick Dixon. Well, how about this? If you're trying to convince people that you're denazifying a country, perhaps it's best not to have actual Nazis within your rank and file, Diane. Yes, so this is a story from The Telegraph. I mean, the only way that Putin has actually denazified Ukraine is that he has sent neo-Nazis into Ukraine. And now that he's getting them to all pull back, I suppose he could say he's technically denazifying it. But this is another one of just... It, what, what we have here is proof, which is great. Mm -hmm. We've got proof of Putin and another of his ridiculous, shameful lies. Another of his pretexts for invading a neighboring country has been laid bare because um, there's a group known as Task Force Rusik, I'm going to pronounce it as, and uh, they're rec recruited from nationalist circles in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Mm. And they have been hired as mercenaries sent into Ukraine and they have been posting photographs on social media and um, thankfully people have been looking at these photos and they've got so much information from them and now they can see from because these neo-nazis they use a lot of symbolism so they have sort of they can see the symbols of their tattoos uh, the symbols of the insignias that they wear and they can see that they're clearly in the Kharkiv region and they've been sent there by Putin um, which is just disgusting. And the worst part is that this is a very brutal group and they uh, have been accused of committing war crimes um, and they're being investigated for war crimes by the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Yeah. So it's just another example of the disgusting approach towards the Ukrainian people that Putin has taken. An absolute horror show. Nick. Well, I don't want to get accused of... Uh, you always get accused of being a Putin apologist, if you say, obviously it's horrific, but also the, the media was having a big issue with the fact that the Azov battalion in Ukraine are also basically Nazis. And that, that's been a, a big way, you know, Putin can use that to uh, obviously at, uh, attack the Western side. So now the, the press has been struggling to deal with that. So now they've also found some Nazis in Russia. So it's a Trump situation where there are bad people on many sides. Not that I'm saying it's equal when you mm. invade a country. I'm not saying it's equal between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. But it's interesting there's Nazis on both sides. So it's... It's just horrific all around, basically. Well, I think what we sort of... Nazis, people who adopt that kind of doctrine, are generally violent people. Yeah. They, and they are looking for something to channel their violence. So they channel it into hate mm -hmm. and channel it into attacking other people. So it doesn't surprise me that somebody who already ascribes to that kind of sort of warped, violent thinking would end up fighting on both sides because they just want to fight. Too right, uh, absolutely. And what a distressing... Will Smith has been barred from the Oscars for 10 years, this on the front page of The Guardian. Breaking news, Diane. Yes, well, uh, and I think this is a good thing to do because you have to demonstrate that if you 
if you decide to go and slap somebody in the middle of such a prestigious event, mm. I mean, my husband and I were having this chat about this, and he was saying, how comfortable must he have felt to just get up in the middle of the speech and just walk up, whack Chris Rock, and then just sit down? Like, because, do, do you know what I mean? Like, if you went that's to the Oscars, normal. if you went to the Oscars, or if I went to the Oscars, you'd be sat there going, okay, <laughs> I will smile when I am told to smile. Yeah, you won't even go for a wee when you're not allowed to go for oh, a wee. I would hold it for eight hours. I would just <laughs> be like, I would, my kidneys would shrivel up. I'd be a camel. I would not go anywhere. I'd, I'd do exactly what I was told, because I'd, I'd feel so privileged to be there. Yeah. I'd feel so special. Yeah. And he just got up and whacked someone. No, mm. terrible. And then, and then the effing and jeffing straight after. Yeah, you, you really know, think... it was just quite unparliamentary language, wasn't it? Do you really think he was comfortable though? I thought <laughs> he was just so out of control that he just, he just, he, you know, he lost it. I don't think he was comfortable. I think he just lost it. But can I just say about this ten years thing? What's interesting about this? Because we, we talked about it so much. But my new thought on this is, at the time, there was a standing ovation for his speech, and, and no one, and people were sort of sided with him. Spineless Hollywood Rock. hypocrites. Yeah, well, what's happened is there's been an, there's an overcompensation now because they weirdly reacted fine to it because their sense of morality is so warped. Yes. And they have no idea what's going on. And it's bad. different rules for them than the rest right. of us. Right. So they gave him a standing ovation. I mean, of course, I like Will Smith. I've worked with him. Great guy. So I hope he's all right. But yeah, they it's all... been about 10 minutes since you mentioned that you've worked with Will they Smith. All... Well, I have to for full disclosure because I, I just feel protective of him. But he, <laughs> they, they all gave him that standing ovation. And now more, they're going to do more and more punishments now because they're going to be more and more embarrassed that they sort of acted like it was fine at the time. But I'll say the same thing I said the other day. He needs to get, get in a, a closed marriage, non-open relationship with a nice woman a nice Christian woman. Not With the whole, full head of hair as well, ideally. I'm not even going to go there, Mark, because I want to get slapped. I'm going to get slapped now from across the continent. Uh, let's crack on with our next story. The best place to live in the UK has been announced. This in Saturday's Independent, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing at that. I'm laughing at your joke. Um, <laughs> Yorkshire Village named best place to live in UK for 2022. Who would have thought it's Ilkley in West Yorkshire? It looks uh, nice. Well, it looks nice, yes. I mean, at least it's the north. It's the wrong bit of the north, but at least it's the north, so we're representing the north. Although they also said that Crystal Palace was the best place to live in London. Clearly wrong. So I'm not totally sure this is... Really? Correct. What's wrong with Crystal Palace? Nothing against Crystal Palace, but, but North London is the best bit. Well, yeah. North London's the best bit. We've got all the green, we've got the amazing woods. As long as you don't talk to the people and avoid all their opinions, then it's the best <laughs> place to live in London. You know that, Mark. Well, I do. Uh, I don't want to give out your exact address. What are we looking for in the perfect town? Do you think? Um, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think that the uh, you've got to bear in mind that this was li list was made by the Sunday Times and the property editor Helen Davies put this list together. And my question is, where on this list does she live? And how quickly does she want to sell her property? Yeah. Uh, because there's Are you suggesting an inside interest, like a kind of insider trading conflict of interest? I how dare actually, you? Actually, I know. I know I sound, like, very cynical. Well, it's funny, because I was reading her article. It has got a lot of Yorkshireisms in it. It starts E by gum, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, does it now? Yeah, so well, I, I yeah. think you're right. I smell a Yorkshire rat there. It could be possible. I right? Can I answer... Sorry. Can I, I was going to answer Mark's question from earlier. It was... Uh, oh, please don't. What don't make a habit of that. Well, in the article, it's, it was commended for its magical scenery, high-rated schools, club sports, ease of getting around, and the local street market. So that is what makes a good town. But isn't what makes a good town having a Costa? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I would say. Or a Starbucks or a Nero. It depends on who you are and what you want. Like, do you want an ice skating rink? Because Not really. Doesn't no. have one. <laughs> 
yeah, not but, bothered. Yeah, see, look, not bothered, but I love an ice skating rink. So for me, Guildford already. Yes. See, yeah, because yeah. that's like you've got that very specific request of an of an ice skating rink. Yeah. That's your that's a deal breaker for you. Definitely. I I mean if you can get an ice skating rink next to a donut shop. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think Well actually, let me give you a definition, my definition of a posh town and a rough town, okay? <laughs> a rough town is one that's actually brought up by having a Starbucks, okay? Like it's a selling point. And a posh town is one that's brought down by having Starbucks. Ah, uh, interesting. Because I remember in Crouch End, North London, they got a Weatherspoon and there was outrage. Yeah, there you go. So, but there's, there's other places where that would be an upgrade. Right. And it would be an upgrade in my book, by the way. Because yeah. nothing beats the spoons. I'm looking for a Costa. I want a Weatherspoons. A Big Next would be nice. <laughs> Ideally across two floors. Is that Ooh, my check problem you is, next at home. I can spot yeah. this. Oh, yeah, now you're talking. My problem is I just disapprove of London fundamentally in so many ways, but I can't possibly live anywhere else because everywhere else is, is rubbish. Even though I love the North, but I'm not going to go back there. Do you know what I mean? There you go. Well, I you can't, can't. I've said that. I'm going to get Well, you can't now. Cause love you, Cumbria. You, you know, you're, you're like this kind of glittering celebrity. That's there's, the problem. There's no way you can connect with those real earthy people ever again. I'll return to Cumbria one day. I'm going to run in a red yeah. wall. All you're going to do is just head off to Hollywood and hang out with your face-slapping mate, Will Smith. <laughs> Me and Will have just banned <laughs> the Academy for 10 years. Too right. Uh, let's power through a few more stories in this section if we can. And this is an absolute nightmare story. Women being spiked in clubs has reached epidemic levels, this in the male, Diane. The most appalling crime, and yet, horrifically, it's become very commonplace. Yes, so um, as many as 43,000 people may have been spiked by drink or drugs in the UK last year, but they are not well reported. There's just not. one in 12 are being reported to the police, which you can sort of understand because it's a very harrowing thing to happen. You sort of, you're already out, you're drinking, but then, so you're already a little bit impaired. Let's say, I mean, I, I'm taking an average sort of experience and then you lose consciousness. Yeah. And then you wake up somewhere else and you don't know what state you wake up in. You don't know who you've been with. It's, it's a very terrifying mentally and physically thing to happen. Now, um, the, the difference between spiking and... Uh, there's the spiking, which some people are doing it with injections. Now, a medical professional has said that this is rarer, thank goodness, because it's a very evil, malicious thing. What, would that be to stab someone with a syringe? Yeah, you actually... There's, there's a few people that are going out with actual syringes which have got drugs in... And they sort and uh, a young lady called uh, Mare got stabbed by one of these, and um, it was it was obviously a terrifying experience. What, like for through her. your clothing or something? Well, I, d I don't know. I don't. It's I mean, crazy, isn't it? She. I mean, that's the thing. The medical expert is saying, thankfully, this is very rare because they have to get hold of the syringes. They have to get hold of drugs that would work very quickly. And, and is it the idea that you're in a noisy, busy bar, and, and if a really sharp needle goes into your arm, you, you kind of almost don't notice it, yeah. like a bee sting or something? Well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes when My you're God. in bars and you you get knocked, you get shoved, and you know, and people, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So it could. It, it could happen. Uh, she actually started uh, a website called I Was Spiked uh, so that other people could sort of write to her. And she says that many people, many people don't report it to the police. And it's quite difficult as well because she said she went to A&E for four hours and after that time, the drugs had actually left her system and then, 
you know, you have no evidence. You just... you And, unfortunately, you just have this person who's sort of sat there, who's been on a night out, who said, well, this has happened to me, but I, I don't know if it did. So it, it's very... Because uh, drugs like Rohypnol will, will have the effect of making you forget the circumstances around the time when you were when you were when you received mm. um, and although this could mainly affect uh, they're saying that it can mainly affect women uh, but uh, I I know that it also has happened to men and don't think that just because you're not sort of uh, a 20 year old and you're you know let's say that you're a lot older and you're out and you're just having a nice drink um, I don't want to panic people but it doesn't mean that you're totally safe because you don't know what people's intent are if they're already going to premeditate and organize this yeah. you know so simple rules very simple for having a lovely time out just uh keep an eye on your drink if you if you don't know somebody don't let them buy the drink for you or if they do buy the drink yeah. for you do it within sight yeah. uh don't leave your drink alone to go to the to the loo stay with your drink take your drink with you, you know. and this crime shouldn't be normalized and this there should shouldn't be, be any any sort of amusement around it like oh look i've just gone and done his or her drink as a sort of you know a, a, a wacky a, like That's a, a jolly a jolly jake the other is issue of course is that if you get spiked and you're overdosed on this drug, it could kill you or, uh, or injure you. I was going to say, as in response to the Jape thing, where I'm from, they used, your mates used to do this to you. I'm not, to, I'm not making light of this story at all, but you, you'd be drinking with your mate. They would spike your drink. I remember going out once, I was really, really? ill, before we even got to the pub, because someone had put vodka or something in, in my beer. Like, in the north, your mates spike your drink for a laugh. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Obviously, that's not a great eye. It's not as bad as this, but it's... it's and, of course, the problem is that uh, it's a very clever crime. Uh, it's an evil, insidious, but clever crime because the, the victim of someone being spiked, they might just look drunk, mm. which means that if, if an abuser uh, wants to, you know, escort someone out of the building, you know, it's the perfect alibi, isn't it? Oh, look, she's had too much, I'm going to drop her yeah. in a cab. But I think it's important, so if you, if you do go out, if you can, go out with your friends, mm. keep an eye on your drink, and just look after each other. Yeah. And you a fr friend of mine had her drink spiked, and she, she actually was having this drink, and these guys were with her. But she was among friends, and then these guys like, joined the group, which happens, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, uh, she, but she didn't have a good feeling about them. And uh, anyway, she had a couple of drinks, and she just asked her friend, she said, can you just stay with me, because I'm not sure about those guys, which was a very astute thing to do. Good. Uh, anyway, then she, she, they left the bar and they, they went off to a cash point and they were sort of queuing up for money. And there just came a point where her friend turned around and she was on her own and she fell. And both her front teeth <gasps> were knocked out. Oh! And this was all because suddenly the, the spike drink kicked in and, and, you know, just the friend didn't realise that she would have to literally hold this young woman up at all times, not knowing that she was about to collapse. So it's a very serious crime and that's a really bad injury. And that affected her life very negatively for quite a while. So, wow. yeah, an evil thing to do. Um, two more, if we can, in this section. Globalisation is dead, according to the CEO of Levi's. This in the Telegraph on Saturday, Nick. Yeah, very interesting. Globalisation is dead. Supply chain issues and geopolitical forces have thrown businesses into disarray. And the boss of Levi's says, I think globalisation is dead and this trend where... This industry, the apparel industry, has habitually chased the lowest cost manufacturing base around the world over the last couple of centuries. It's coming to an end. 
And a very interesting statement, I think, when he says we're going to see more manufacturing shifting closer to market because of the importance of that agility and responsiveness and having confidence that this product is going to be on the shelf and in store when you need it to be. The reason this is so interesting to me is it's a purely business statement, but it has a inherently political implications because the sort of elite, whatever you want to call them, the sort of, the, you know, the G7 type leaders around the world, they've all been committed to globalization at all costs for the last few years. Whereas people like Trump, of course, have talked about bringing manufacturing back. America first. Yeah, exactly. And this is thought to be all right-wing and nationalistic. But now you've got the boss of Levi's essentially saying, hey, guys, we're going to actually have to do this. Is it a good thing? Well, I, I think it's just a thing, really. It's, it's, you know, because of lockdowns, things like this, because of inflation, you know, all sorts of things have affected this supply chain. He's saying when you're missing sales because a ship is parked outside and can't get to the port and unload containers, you're leaving money on the table. So I think it is a good thing in lots of ways, you know, because we've seen with the war, we're going to ha have to get more self-sufficient in general. This is a, this is, that's a good thing. Become more self-sufficient with energy, with food, in, in all aspects. I think that must be a good thing because we just don't want to be relying on China or Russia or whoever. Diane? Yeah, I think let's bring some manufacturing closer to where we sell it, that's what they're mm. saying. We'll make our own Louvies. We'll call them Louvies. <laughs> yeah, they won't quite be the same, but we're going to make them. <laughs> well, what about a British smartphone? How about that? UK phone? Oh, that bit, Brit phone. Brit the, phone. The Brit yeah, Brit. Straight in there. You sense it would probably be a bit rubbish, don't you, immediately? Do you know what I mean? No. Well, I, I, lo I love this country, but I'm not sure phones... I mean, I, we, we do have to do these kind of things, but would we be the best at making Let's phones? Let's start with trousers. And the next story from the mail is all about the headline. Take it away, Nick. Uh, yes, this one is uh, which one? The headline. Oh, this will be the, the, the Yakuza thing. Oh, that one. Oh, oh, of course, it had to be that one. Thank you, Diane. Well I, done. Nice rescue. I knew, really, but I what was, a team player was, she is. I was testing you. Um, yes, this is an amazing headline. Yakuza boss is busted in NYC sting for trying to buy surface-to-air missiles stolen from a military base in Afghanistan so he could funnel them to militias in Myanmar who paid him in meth and heroin. Yeah! It's like an entire <laughs> short story from Chuck Palahniuk. It's like a Grand Theft Auto explanation. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, this is T Takeshi Ebisawa, 57, of Japan, unwittingly negotiated deals with an undercover DEA agent with plans to have US-made weapons shipped to insurgent groups. And who'd imagine that would have gone wrong? Oh, there we got there the picture. Yeah, that's, wow. I thought that was a strange picture to take. He's there with the bazooka. You don't generally want to, like, get a quick selfie, do you? And orange it's, shoes yes, are perhaps the do. most You're messing with stolen, thing. deadly weapons. Yes. You know what I mean? Have you never looked at El Chapo's Instagram account? Or, like, El Chapo's no, girlfriend? Oh, they love showing off their guns and yeah. stuff. Okay, it's, yeah. all, it's all about it's, that. It's not gone Link. too well for this guy, because he's, he's getting prosecuted. And, uh, yeah, so the, the, this was, yeah, the drugs were destined for New York streets and the weapon shipments were meant for factions of unstable nations. Oh, this is my favourite bit as well. He, uh, he, he allegedly used the word code word, he used the code word bamboo in place of the word weapons. Yeah. As if he was just trying to feed, like, a really hungry panda or something. Like, why would you need that much bamboo? But he also used the word cake for drugs. Even I know that. I'm the squarest guy out there. That's one of the worst code <laughs> names. That's not great, is it? That's well That's established. Well, yeah, so there you go. The good news is that he has been penciled in for an appearance on the next series of Dragon's Den, so good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one. Deborah Needham, I'm out. P&O are covering themselves in glory once again, aren't they? This in the star, Diane. Oh, my gosh. P&O ferries have suspended all services and they've told their customers to find another firm. Okay. I cannot believe the lack of customer service on this. And they did it on a tweet which is shocking. First of all, they sack everybody on Zoom, and then they decide to tweet to their customers, 
oh, you might want to find a different ferry. What if you were checking Twitter as you're stepping onto the ferry? You go, oh, no, wait, stop, kids. All right, everybody stop. All right, back off the ferry. Right, get off the ramp. It's ridiculous. And um, the, the, the big crisis that this is causing mm. is gridlock in Dover. They have been on this horrendous kind of... Their whole town is, like, just jammed with lorries and everything because the P&O ferries aren't running. And uh, the uh, Dover District Council leader, Trevor Bartlett, has said that the town will not tolerate another week of gridlock. And he may declare a major incident because it's been eight days. And if he does that, I basically think it means he's going to start giving guns to traffic wardens. It's inevitable, isn't it? Yep. Armed traffic wardens, perhaps bazookas. I mean, that guy, that <laughs> entrepreneur could sell some to the Dover authorities. So why exactly have P&O had to cancel these, these cruises? What, what is the reason? Because they've got rid of all their people. Surely they've hired new people. Why can't, why can't the cruises happen? Um, they, I, I am not totally sure because literally yesterday they said, right, everybody, mm. everything's going to be normal. And then today they went on Twitter, no, it's not. So they have, obviously, they, they're not able to crew up. I mean, this is a PR disaster and a logistical disaster. Their ship has sunk. Oh, dear, nicely And they done. were doing so well. They were indeed. Um, Have you got anything to say not, about this? Not massive. No, just that, just that it's funny they sacked 800 staff. Not funny, but now they're sacking their customers. And I, we, we've covered P&O so much, I now know the CEO's name from memory, which I didn't think I'd ever need to know. So now I'm, 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 we can move on. Well, you might not have to uh, know that for much longer. Thank you. The ick. What is it and how do I avoid it? This is in the mail, Diane. Well, so single women have been sharing the dating icks they can't stand. Ooh. And an ick is when the attraction that you feel to a current or potential partner suddenly changes to a feeling of disgust. So it's something, some kind of little just foible, dare I say it, that they do and you just go, uh, uh, and it, yeah. it just, it, and you sort of want to gag when they see you do it. And um, some of the um, examples are very strange. Some of them I can kind of understand. Um, but some of them, when a guy runs towards a bird and it doesn't fly away. Mm. Why is your man running at birds? <laughs> that's Correct. my question. If the man ran towards the bird, yeah. that's the ick for me, not the fact that the bird doesn't fly. And it's Correct. the idea that he's so ineffectual that he can't even get this bird to move. Is yes. that what icks them out about it? Yes. I think so. It must be that. So, um, I, I mean, it's quite, it's classic <laughs> Daily Mail. It's classic. It's just yeah. basically the vivisection of a blog. Um, but yes. do you have anything that would put you off for me? Yeah. It's cheap people. I, okay. Like, like yeah. I, don't, I don't mind, like, I, it's when they kind of dissect the bill and, right. like, they whine about everything. Well, that would be all Germans. Shocking because Mrs mind. Dolan is a German and when you Shocking. go out for dinner with Germans, certainly in Germany, the waiter goes from each... If you're in a group, waiter goes to each person at the end and says, and what did you have and what did you have? No. And they don't have a rounds culture at all. I don't mean that. I mean when somebody whines about it, like, oh, that's expensive. Oh, that's, oh, I a, see. that's too much for a steak. Yeah. Oh, you can't pay that. And it's c constant. I know what you mean. People that know the, the price of everything and the value of nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they won't even splash out for a birthday or something. You just think, oh, you What about the coupons, peoples? I've got friends who've got coupons oh, no, on the I, fridge. Believe me, I really? love coupons. You, you I love saving coupon? money. Pro-coupon, pro-saving money, pro-discount pro code, pro-shopping, pro-yellow sticker, all those things. But um, just don't whine about it. It's the whining.
Yeah, you know? yeah, I do like that. Sorry. I agree. Some shock. Some I agree with in the article. One of them was uh, someone coming into an empty restaurant and saying, "Lucky we booked." That would be annoying. <laughs> but one of them is really hard. Someone said, "I can't look at my partner when he's showering. He looks pathetic. He, he needs to lift, bro." Do you know what I mean? Sort out your bench press. But or, that, that stop would do crying it. in the shower. Or get a different partner because she sounds a bit horrible. But yeah. Then what? So what's your ick, Mark? I don't have an ick. If they've got a pulse, I'm in. <laughs> I am an ick-free zone. Saturday's at Star next, and has science gone too far, Nick? Great question, Mark. Oh, has it not gone far enough? Scientists reverse ageing in human cells by 30 years in groundbreaking study. Mm -hmm. So this is great. This is Cambridge researchers who are able to turn Yay! back time for human skin cells, giving them the functionality of tissues three decades younger, Mark. You'd be, you'd be like a child again, Mark. Um, and it says lifespans are getting longer. Some scientists predict that people could be living to over 130 by 2100. Now, Aubrey de Grey, you'll know him from all the podcasts you listen to, Mark. He thinks the first person who'll live to 1,000 has already been born. And then actually you can, we're going to be at a fixed ageing at the bar. <laughs> Diane's fixed it now just by doing that. Diane's giving herself a manual facelift. I'm sort of, I'm torn on this because I, I do want to live forever, but then again, I'm torn on all this transhumanism stuff seems a bit creepy. Mm. The kind of people that are into it are always weird sort of Silicon Valley people. So I'm not totally sure. And I think it's somehow anti-Christian. But, and so but apart from that, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm very torn because I, I want to live forever, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really enjoy life. So what I'm, about I'm all the dry on, cleaning bills? I'm on the, well, there's, that's the so 130 angle. years is a lot of dry cleaning, cleaning bills, isn't it? Yeah, but I suppose if you're really youthful, I don't know, do you even... I don't know, I haven't really thought about it, I haven't thought it through. Is that, that's the first thing your mind goes to, Mark. I it? think so, yeah. Netflix, you know, what's but, that, but, a tenner a month? But you'd still get the same... You'd be so youthful, you'd be working hard, you'd be getting the same money. No, I just think it gives you a little bit more time to kind of enjoy things. I mean, the beauty industry is worth billions, yes, billions, and if they can put this stuff into a jar, then they're going to make a lot of money. I mean, at the moment, you get a lot of creams that they kind of say things like, this will lift your face. And you know what? When you, when you take the lid off, the cream can't lift itself. Mm. And I'm like, you can't lift yourself. You're not going to lift my face. Well, yeah, right? it's a really good point. I mean, it'll be confusing because you won't know if someone's old until, like, you see them watching Mrs. Brown's Boys and really enjoying it or something. <laughs> right. You know, right. or, or moaning about references. modern music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, music, you can't hear the lyrics all anymore. The same. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. melodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Mark. It's, the, the, the one, one way you can do it is just live in the present and then, then life's eternal anyway. That's, that's what I've read anyway in a book. Oh, thank you very much, Father, Father Nick Dixon. <laughs> Where's the beef in space, according to Saturday's Mail Diane? It's meat, Mark, but not as we know it. Mm. So astronauts will be growing beef cells on the International Space Station to make artificial steak because obviously as space station uh, gets our oh, space station as space exploration uh, gets bigger and bigger we need to take food with us mm. and food is a bit of an issue in space it's basically boiled down to cubes and tubes that's what the astronauts get at the moment. And uh, they make a big thing about the food because it's like the thing that they look forward to. And as soon as they land, the first thing they want is a salad. Um, now, what's interesting is that they're going to grow. They're going to take up bovine cells and they grow them in microgravity. Well, and sort of anti-gravity, really. There's no gravity because they're in space. But it takes them three weeks to grow the beef on the ground 
and they're saying, so we're going to see if we can, it takes you three weeks to grow a steak. They're going to see if they can grow it up there, but the mission's only eight days long. So I reckon the best they're going to get is a cocktail sausage. That's inevitable, isn't it? I agree. That's not going to touch the sides. No. When you're up in space. And you're going to Mars. That's a long trip. That's like at least six or seven months. God, Nick, do you fancy this well, uh, weird I, I, space diet? I sympathise with astronauts who want to eat good food, but it sounds a bit too much like Bill Gates' synthetic meat to me. Mm. You know how Gates is trying to get us all to eat yes. synthetic meat. Sounds like a WEF scheme. My side of the internet would say that, probably. Yeah, too right. You mean the dark web. OK, moving on. Saturday's Independent next, and a US veteran is being accused of defrauding a border wall. Go fund me, Nick. Mm, veteran who tried to crowdfund $25 million private border wall with Steve Bannon will plead guilty to fraud. So, I mean... Wait, it... can you tell... So, what is the story, exactly? I can give you the story, Mark. Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. Oh, God bless um, you. It's basically... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Bannon and this guy, uh, Brian uh, Colfage, were accused of uh, sort of using a, a crowdfunding scheme, but actually just sort of you, taking the money for other things rather than the actual war. Now, St uh, Bannon has already been pardoned by Trump for this. It was one of the last things Trump did was pardon Bannon. And uh, whereas the other guy has now changed his plea from mm. guilty to not guilty to guilty. I'm a little sceptical. One, because it's in The Independent, which is not really a, a newspaper. And two, because after the Russia hoax... You know, they, that was fake. They treated Roger Stone terribly with that pointless FBI raid. Obama famously imprisoned uh, Dinesh D'Souza for a very minor thing that no one had been to prison for. So I'm, when I see the left-wing media going at Bannon, just as a very objective person, I'm always a bit suspicious. Uh, but, but, hey, it doesn't look great for this Colfage guy, though, if he, if he is suddenly pleading guilty. Yeah. Is he your favourite red-faced celebrity? Who? If it was uh, Bannon versus Sir Alex Ferguson, which way do you go? I'm just very objective, Mark. I'm just an objective newsman. I don't... It's not saying I like Bannon or dislike him. I'm just mm. totally tell the truth like it is, straight down the middle. Yes, you do, as you see it. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Saturday's Sun next. And it looks like supporting Hull could actually be paying dividends for once, Nick. Mm. Millionaire Hull owner to take £500 on an all-expenses-paid holiday to five-star resort in Turkey this summer. So this is Ajahn Ilijali. That's my best attempt at pronouncing it. And he he com has confirmed a horde of supporters, the Sun's word, not mine, I'm not using the word horde, will be taken on an all-inclusive trip to a five-star resort in uh, Antal Antalya in Turkey. And it'll be great if they want to get hair transplants like Leo or dental work. And it's, uh, it's a great time to be a Turkish... <laughs> Leo admits that. He admits the, the hair transplant. That's, that's not hidden. Uh, he got it in Turkey. So it's a great time to be a Turkish uh, football club owner. Not such a good time to be a Russian one, famously. And this guy, by the way, Mark, is dubbed the Turkish Simon Cowell. And I'm sure Hull fans will be saying it's a yes from them. Am I right? Well, that's Is this even on? Beautifully done, I swear to God. That's why we pay the big bucks. I was bucks. like you there, Mark. I was like <laughs> a you, presenter. You, you were very presentery. I mean, this <laughs> is a rare good news story from the world of football, isn't it? It's so magical. I think um, Mr. Akun Ilakali, when he he describes how he felt when he went into the stadium and mm. he saw all of the fans and they all made him feel really welcome because they love their club and he's put all the money into their club and they were there and he said, oh, and they were just all there in the club's colours and they're waving the flags of my country. And I just felt so great. And I just want to... And he said, but sometimes the, the stadium isn't full. So I just... I, I want the stadium to be full. And, and so he's taking 500 fans, the ones who attend the most games... That's key, yes. 
Loyalty. The ones who attends the most games, and he's going to take them uh, on this incredible holiday. And I just, I, I think it's magic. I think it's lovely. It is a lovely, lovely story. Well, that was our penultimate one. How about this to finish? Saturday's Metro and Algorithms. Didn't Nadine Dorries get rid of those, Diane? <laughs> Nadine Doris has got rid of a lot of things, mainly trust and hope. She may have also got rid of algorithms as well. Um, so <laughs> algorithms um, can spot depression in Twitter users with a 90% accuracy, according to teams from Brunel University. Now, I personally think that they might have got this a bit wrong because, uh, sorry, sorry, gang, if you've been working on it, uh, but uh, the, they have an artificial Twitter bot and it works by first excluding all users with fewer than five tweets. Now, I don't uh, know about you, but I'm a little bit sad. I don't tweet. I would say that's the first hint that something is not right. Mm, <laughs> but they're, true. they're excluding the silent sad people for some reason. And then moving on, um, it then considers 38 distinct factors, including the emojis that they use. Now, again, I do feel they've got this slightly wrong, being as my mother has learnt how to use emojis. Does she use the right ones? No. So, she, like, quite often she'll send me just a loaf of bread. And I'm like, OK, I don't know what this loaf of bread is saying. And then she'll send me, like, a pirate. And I'm like, OK, she's found the pirate. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, again, I'm not sure... I mean, they've created this bot and... that. They're saying that it could potentially flag up a user's depression before the user even knows it. But, of course, there's the evil side. And, Nick, you will enjoy this. Thank you. It could be used on other social media sites like Facebook and WhatsApp and used by employers to check your mental status. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Paranoia, the deep web. Yes, yeah, bad. All I was going to say was that the headline is Algorithm can spot depression in Twitter users with 90% accuracy. It should be 100% accuracy because they're currently using Twitter. So, of course, they're miserable. That's my only point on that. Well, that's right. I mean, isn't that the point, Diane, that everybody that's tweeting is angry or, you oh, know, no, bipolar, mental health issues? It's just, it's, it's a horrible, murky... Cessna no, is the You say that, you say that, you've got to work with it, right? You see, my, the things that I follow, I follow like accounts like things that are called There Is No Cat in This Picture, oh, where it shows you a picture and you have to find I've the seen cat. that one, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's good. Blimey, that's, that's hours of fun. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I Cats follow libs of TikTok, that's my problem. Libs of TikTok, just people doing really dumb, annoying left wing things. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cat one's good. It's just videos of woke teachers in American schools. Yeah, it's awful. Schools it's awful. Yeah. You, you're yeah. so angry, but you're clicking on it anyway. That's most of Twitter, isn't it? Uh, what Although about... Musk's can taken you, can over. You Sorry, 9.2%. He's taken over, the, isn't he? Elon Musk. So Twitter's going to be good suddenly. I Sorry. think the most uh, dangerous tweets are the ones that are sent late at night under the influence. Because I, I love drink. to spot drunk tweets. You can just see when someone's decided just to throw off the shackles and go, right, here's what I really think. And then the next day, it gets quietly deleted. Have you ever... Have you ever... Well, you're not a drinker, are you, I Diane? Have I you ever tweeted under the influence? No, because um, do drunk it. Diane, she makes me <laughs> breakfast and sandwiches. She doesn't do my Twitter account. I'm glad to hear that. Well, drunk <laughs> Diane's very well and nearly as brilliant as sober Diane. Thank you so much to both of you for a marvellous romp through tomorrow's papers. My thanks to Diane Spencer and Nick Dixon. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.